This is the Gritty Bird Waterfowl Podcast. What's going on, Gritty Bird Waterfowlers? This is Chris Barbera, your host, joined again with Brian Barbera. In today's episode number 11 of the Gritty Bird Waterfowlers show, last episode we went over our recap of the 2016 season here for Waterfowl in Colorado. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't super successful. It's yeah, been it really sucked. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't good it at all. Sucked. I mean, the season just didn't go the way we wanted it to. But hey, you know, that, that happens sometimes. And it didn't get out for me personally. I didn't get out as many times as I wanted to. Brian got out more than more than I did, and he had some good some good field hunts with our buddy Dominic. But um, the waterfowl general season here, and I don't know if this is true for other Colorado hunters, but it's just it wasn't the same as previous years. So chalk it up as not a loss but definitely not one for the books (laughs) um so with this episode um we're gonna switch gears a little bit we're gonna talk about getting ready for the 2017 big game hunting and i know for brian and me personally that's if not one of our most favorite um hunting things to do is to go big game elk and deer and uh, we haven't been doing it for a super long time the last three or four years we've been doing it um, this year we have uh, we're gonna try to uh, I'll, you know we're gonna try to record and give you guys as much content as we can as far as the process of us prepping for um, big game, um, getting like gear checklist and <coughs> scouting and all this stuff. We're gonna try to bring it out to you guys. And um, it already starts. <laughs> it's already starting right it's now. It's already starting. Yeah, right yeah. now, January twenty eighth. We're ready to roll with trying to figure out. Everything and I, I talked to Dom last night. We spent a good hour on the phone just mm-hmm. talking about, well, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What right. are you gonna do for deer? What are you gonna do for elk? And you know what? I mean, I kind of have my mind made up on what I want to do for elk, mm-hmm. and I know you have kind of a little bit of your mind made up as far as elk. And and I think that's cool because like we all have passions and like things that we want to go after for big game. So for me personally archery season is going to be huge for me i've never gone i don't have a bow yet been researching it for a couple of weeks um up to a month now and i'm pretty sure i'm sold on the prime rise bow i'm going to pick that up in the next couple of weeks start shooting it getting familiar with it and just with what comes with archery it's like a completely different um set of tactics and you know how you're going after the the, the uh, elk and deer you're in a specific rutting season for them where we previously have been hunting rifle season that's more Brian's type. Um, his passion right now is the rifle hunting. So, yeah, I don't like to live at twelve thousand five hundred feet. It'll be fun though. It will I mean, be, it'll be exhausting. I'm, I'm excited about it, and it's going to be a different challenge. And and I mean, I think that we're going to get into elk, and it's just about sealing the deal. I mean, that's where right. You know, getting into elk, you know, you get that ninety percent of the way, and then there's that ten percent that it's like, uh, how am I going to seal that deal? You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, we can attest to that just off this past year. I mean, I always wondered, you know, people say, well, I saw elk, I saw elk, I was in elk, I was in elk, well, why didn't you kill an elk? And right. and they're just, they're so tough, and they're just so smart, and right. mm. and that's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, because it's a different style of hunting than what I'm used to, and and how I grew up, and what my dad's used to, and, and really what we believe. Um, and I know, just... Sorry to interrupt you, Brad, but like I was listening to Corey Jacobson the other day. Obviously, extreme popular elk one on one site. 
it's got a lot of content on there. But he was bringing up such a good point. And the, stati- the statistics for, like, hunter success for elk in general is, like, I don't know, 10 or 15%, um, if that. But what he was mentioning is when he, he holds, like, a lot of, like, I don't know, ser- not sermons, but um, discussions, I guess you would say, um, where he has, you know, groups of 50 to 100 people come in and listens to him talk about elk hunting. And um, out of that group of you know, 100 people, he'll ask them, all right, guys, so out of this year's season, who um, filled their tag and who didn't? So if you filled your tag, remain standing. If you didn't fill your tag, sit down. And what he calculates out of most of his um discussions that he hosts is he finds about 40 to 45 percent of the people that are come to his lectures and his discussions are actually successful in harvesting an elk or a deer now what he was mentioning is that is obviously like a pretty good you know ratio is almost a 50 percent ratio as far as people that are harvesting that are coming to his seminars and his discussions but if you look at that on the broad scale i mean 10 to 15 percent are harvesting out of like all hunters so what that means to me and what he was kind of discussing is it there's a group of hunters and then there's also a group of hunters that actually put time in, you know, preseason, like what we're doing, like January, February time of the year, starting to get down and start a gear list, check off um, scouting things with Google Earth, just trying to get like your positioning and, you know, everything down. Those are the hunters that are going to have more success. And I'm be completely honest, I've never shot a deer or an elk personally, but um, I think if I put in the hard work, like I truly believe that if we both are dedicated to this year's season for 2017 and we're putting in the time and the effort, that we will be, you know, that 45 to 50% harvest rate. Yeah, I think so. Sorry, I went on I a mean, rant there. <laughs> just depends. I mean, I was talking to my dad um, even just last night, and, you know, as far as elk go, I mean, I feel like if I draw a cow tag this year, I'm, I'm going to kill a cow without a doubt. I, I feel so confident in that. And more than likely, honestly, we're probably going to get a bull. And the reason why is because, you know, my dad has put in a ton of work and yeah. and he always puts in a ton of work. He's He Google Earths the shit out of that whole unit. And he finds every little nick, cranny that, that he thinks is holding elk. And a lot of times he's spot on. And and I mean, that, there's just something to be said about that as far as Google Earthing and, and all that good stuff. Because, putting in the effort, you know? I mean, well, yeah, it is effort, but not just effort, but knowing, like, what you're actually looking at. And, right. And, I mean, he puts in the effort, and he finds literally, like, parks a mile and a half back where no one else is going to go to. And sure enough, there's elk shit everywhere. And, and you know, it led to us to, to the first bull that we ever shot. And this past year, we really focused on that area and some other things that he pointed out within that area and you know we bumped bulls and we saw cows and we were in elk every single day you know and that's there's something to be i mean within 100 yards every day right granted we didn't harvest anything for elk but i think we were just that that one step closer to actually obtaining that goal yep and that that just like and I think Brian can even tell, like, for me, as somebody that hasn't harvested anything, just getting into them and, like, being around the elk and the deer, it just made me that much more excited about the next season. And I can say, based on the previous years, I after the season, I was a little discouraged. And, like, I love hunting and I love being an outdoorsman, so I was always wanting to come back, but I just didn't have that that spark. But now that I've, like, had some experiences, I'm, I'm so, like, gung-ho for this year. 
Like Yeah, and I think it took like those first two years you went out with us, didn't see shit. Yeah. And then year three, you know, me and my dad got that bull and mm. and then I think it sparked your interest a little bit just that we got a bull and yeah. you know, now year four was this past year and and we were I we were in elk every single day. Mm. I mean, we were smelling them. We saw cows. We saw small bulls um, on, you know, every single day. And nothing further than, like I said, a 100-yard shot. And when you're in elk like that, you just know, like, you're figuring it out. I mean, it's not coincidence. It's not, you know, just pure luck. It's just that we know where the elk are at now. And mm. and we just got to find that shooter bull. And yeah, and that's definitely true for rifle, but for archery, I mean, the area that we're looking at, we've, and this has been several years, but we backpacked up to some upper mountain lakes and the unit that I'm thinking about for archery, so that's going to require just like, man, that's going to require a completely different set of skills. Yeah, and it's like going to be a knowledge. motherfucker. That's all there is to it. True, yeah. I mean, like, it's going to be, you got to be in shape. Which you got to be willing to put in work. You yeah. got to be willing to say, hey, I'm going to carry out you know, 400 pounds of animal. And it's unknown. Miles. Like as much as we can read about it and, you know, learn things about it. That's kind of the, I think for me personally, the part of, about it that's so exciting is like, yes, it's going to be fun to like potentially kill a bull or a bull with an elk, mm-hmm. kill a bull with a um, bow. But at the same time, it's the unknown of like, I've never done this before. Um, it's completely set a, you know, different time of the year. It's going to be warm. Um, the elk are going to be in full rut and, you know, bugling and it's for rifle season, you know, you don't get that kind of thing. The bulls are usually bedded down and pretty quiet for the most part. And to be in that like action packed, like rut is just going to be so cool. I think. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we just got to <coughs> find where they're at and, and get into them and then hunt them. You know? <laughs> I mean, there's so many parts that come into play to like, it's one thing to find it. them. Yeah. It's something else to hunt them. Mm-hmm. And I think with the, with archery, I mean, you have to hunt them for sure. I mean, to get in within 30, like you have to be a 20, predator, an ultimate predator of them. It's going to be tough. Yeah. But not undoable. It's not undoable. It's just, I mean, you got to find the right, the right unit. And we have to find you know, the right tactics to hunt the elk and mm-hmm. it's a different ball game. I mean, they're not going to be, they're not going to be as pressured for one. They're not going, they're going to, they're going to be in rut. So they're kind of stupid. And I was, <laughs> you know, that shit could get you in trouble real quick. So yeah, hopefully it gets a bull in trouble real quick too. And some, uh, I some don't even forget a couple bulls in trouble because of that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just different style of hunting. Um, I mean, we're up there. I mean, that's you brought up. You know, the point of elevation and like, I know Dominic. He went out muzzle loading this year. And, you know, he's a Colorado native, but he definitely got some altitude sickness on yeah, his he was muzzle. Sicker than a dog. I what mean, was he at? 12, 12, 5. 12, 5, which is about what we'll be at. Which is where we'll have to be. Yeah, and he was at twelve five, and he killed a nice six by six bull day one. And, uh, I mean, he was struggling to get it out. He had a couple buddies with him that, you know, were able to help him out and get that bull out of there. But, and I mean, I think that's where training and, like, doing a couple backpacking trips maybe and just kind of spending some time up at that high elevation will come into play. 
obviously with life and busy schedules, that's not easy for anybody, but I think you have to put forth that effort at least a couple times. And for me, I know as far as the actual shooting of the bow, I'm going to have to be consistent and, you know, whether that's every day, that's probably not likely, but at least I'm going to make my goal at least once every weekend to get out and shoot. Um, if not more than that, but that's my goal is every weekend to get out and shoot the bow. Um, that way it just not, you know, a couple weeks before archery season and I'm just pulling the bow out. That would just be ridiculous. No chance at all. You're gonna have to pull that fucker out every day and just hold on it. Yeah, just get some grip strength. Which I mean, I did that. I mean, <laughs> it goes back to like me with Ram when I was training him. I would just pull the shotgun out and just, mm-hmm. you know, hold it up, mm-hmm. saddle it up. You know, not fire anything, but at least I was pulling the gun out and yeah, getting him used to it, getting me used to it. And I mean, you're gonna have to do that same thing with bow. You're gonna have to get it out, and you're gonna just have to hold it. And yeah, so you were. I mean, so there's obviously there's two different things. We got elk and deer, and you were mentioning you have three preference points, or I've got yeah three three preference points. So Brian has three preference points for Colorado, and he's just trying to decide what he's gonna do with them. Um, you know, whether that's going to be in our normal 62 unit or if he's going to put in for, or he's going to hold out for maybe another year. I mean, what are you leaning towards? Um, I think I'm going to spend them. Can't see you by the way. You're hiding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to spend them. I think, I think I'm going to, you know, put them in for the, uh, 62 buck. I mean, I know that there's a lot of bucks back in there and. Dom and I talked last night, and he's like, oh, dude, I don't know about that. Like, He's like, I think it's a good unit. There's lots of monsters in there. Mm-hmm. He's like, but at the same time, I mean, if you want to hunt elk, you got to focus on elk. But at the same so time, I mean. He's mentioning putting in for Wyoming, which, I mean, based on um, a lot of, like, Randy Newberg and um, so many other guys that are out there, they talk about all these different out-of-state things and I think that's another point to consider is what was the stat that was like for Colorado like rifle hunting is super good in Colorado right it was like yeah. rated, it was like number one on their, yeah. on their list for a Colorado over-the-counter hunt yeah. rifle and I think archery was like Montana Idaho then Colorado right yep. okay so um so yeah so as far as Colorado, like the elk population, I mean, that's one thing I'm like happy to say is like, based on all this facts and podcasts we've been listening to, Colorado's a, definitely a high state for um, a lot of elk population here. Lots of public land. A lot too. of public land, yeah. So, I mean, we don't have, we have private land, but for the most part, it, there's a lot of opportunities on the public. Oh, absolutely. Especially for elk and deer. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people that hunt here, but. Lots of people, lots of out of staters. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a good destination for it is. in the western it, states. Yeah, it, it is a good destination. I mean, there's a lot of animals, but yeah. it's just, like, for me now, trying to decide on, like, this deer situation. It's like, do I want to give up a day to go hunt deer when I want to be hunting elk? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, I mean, dude, don't get me wrong. Meal deer hunting would be fun, too, though. It is fun, but, I mean, do you want to give up your elk time to go do that? I mean... That's what, I'm, that's what I was trying to mention. Like, I wonder if we, there's a way that we could just better split our time up between elk and deer. I mean, there's. I mean, I could put in for a different season, but, I mean, I only have so many days off. That's the other thing. It'd be, it'd be so. one thing if that's all we did was hunt, which 
like everybody else in the industry that's out there doing stuff like this is like that's the ultimate goal is to be just strictly doing hunting material and but right now that's not that's real just life. not realistic and we both have full-time jobs outside of this which obviously 90 percent of you guys do that are listening i know you go through the same thing so um that's the other thing i mean with all the podcasts and stuff i listen to everyone's talking about how everybody wants to get a gets a piece everybody wants to get a piece in the hunting industry and make money off of it and they're only, you know a lot of them are doing it for you know selfish type reasons and i can honestly say like i know for me personally yes it'd be nice to make money off of hunting but that's not the reason why i do it the reason i do it is just it's it really is a true passion of mine and i enjoy actually enjoy every time we're out there whether we're harvesting or just hanging out and i think it's the same for you too yeah definitely i mean i get out there every time i get a chance yeah you've and been out there more than i have this year i mean i'm sometimes i'm dead ass tired i'm like ah, i should take this weekend off from hunting <laughs> but you know i've become a weekend warrior and weekend warrior for sure um if i have weeks off i have weekends off and or some some weekdays off and I'll get out there then too, and that's I mean that's the best hunting. Is well, you actually get I mean as a teacher you get a decent amount of time off. I get a lot of time off, but I'd rather be spending my days at work, out in the field hunting. Yeah, elk and deer, and it's like I said. I mean that's what's the tough part about elk and deer. It's like well, I mean yeah, I could take a deer tag in another unit or in the same unit for a different season and go out there and focus just on getting a monster buck, but. I just don't, I don't have the time to do that. Yeah. So, makes it tough. Well, we're also looking at this year, um, in previous years, we've always, we've had a good pair of binoculars and, you know, glassing, I'm just going to be the first one to throw it out there, we suck at glassing. <laughs> yeah, we're not very good. Like, I don't, I mean, we just need to be more patient and just give it an hour or two of just sitting down and just, like, covering some, some vast mountainside land, but... Um, we're looking at some of the optics out there for spotting scopes, and you were looking at the Vortex Razor. Razor. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if this is correct, but I think that is a crucial part to the big game hunting, especially for rifle. Yeah. Not only do you get to cover more ground with your eyes without having to, you know, hike miles, I mean, obviously you're going to hike your five miles a day or whatever it is, but if you can cut down on some of that time by just covering with your eyes and just glassing everywhere to get, you know, into a position to, to harvest a bull, um, that would be awesome. So we're looking into some of the, uh, razor, the vortex razor optics and whatever else might be around that price range. It's not cheap. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, what else should we talk about? What do you think this year as far as like, because obviously right now it's like we've had kind of a weird winter. It doesn't seem like we've gotten a lot of snow in Denver, Colorado, but some of the like Gunnison and those areas are saying that their herd populations are being affected by like severe cold. Like, what do you think about that? Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, it's not really directly our area like where we're looking at hunting. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's still concerning, obviously. Do you think it's going to, like, make or break this 2017 season? Um, I don't think so, personally. But no, not for us. Yeah. I don't think so. I think... I mean, I'm not a biologist, but I just think that, yes, it might be a severe area in 
severe weather in some areas and <clears throat> I'm sure there's definitely going to be a good amount of population that dies off from the winter but overall I think the herds will sustain and they'll be a decent group yeah it's going to be fine I'm not even worried about it at all yeah are you not really I don't know enough about it but I just I was you know kind of followed some stuff on Facebook and saw that there was some some herds that were struggling in the Gunnison area oh and they are but yeah. I don't think it's going to affect us right on well guys um this one's been a little bit you know right like uh like we said off topic from waterfowl but i hope you guys do like um some of the big game and turkey whatever it is that we're going to be chasing in the next couple months here um we're not just waterfowl hunters that like we mentioned you know that is like kind of our passion how we started out but um, please stay tuned and keep up to date with us we're going to bring you guys along um starting today just kind of like researching and getting our gear list and scouting and all that done for big game it's going to be a journey for sure we have it's january 28th we definitely got february march april may june july august september we got about eight months eight or nine months before uh archery season comes around so definitely going to bring you guys some good content and make it worth your time so thanks for listening again this is gritty bird waterfowlers and um as always leave us any feedback at grittybirdwaterfowlers at gmail.com Check us out on Instagram, Gritty Bird Waterfowlers. And uh, thanks for listening.